Hello, I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Ovicast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode will bring you insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. With a lot of supper silage coming off farms at the moment and need first cuts finishing up, it's an opportune time to talk about how we replace these offtakes and how we do we maintain soil fertility. In this episode, I'm joined by Mark Plunkett. He's a soil and plant nutrition specialist with Jogos to discuss some of these areas and some of the key aspects of maintaining soil fertility. Mark starts off discussing the importance of replacing P and K offtakes from surplus silage. We discuss the fertilizer requirements for those considering a second cut, with Mark outlining a number of different fertilizer options. Mark discusses why sulfur inclusion in the compound you're using is an important consideration, highlighting the response achieved on a range of soils. We discuss the benefits of low emission slurry spreading at this stage of the season, and we move on to discuss lime usage nationally, and why current ground conditions provide an ideal opportunity for those considering applying some to correct some of the soil pH issues and the cost benefit we see with that. We finish up discussing the use of protected urea as a choice of end fertilizer at this stage of the season, but we start off with Mark highlighting why it's important to address some key aspects of soil fertility. Yeah, absolutely. And when it comes to growing grass, Kieran, I suppose the starting point really is getting, you know, lime P and K right in terms of of, of uh, producing tons of grass during the growing season at, at key times. And uh, y- you know, um, lime is probably the first the first area to look at in terms of maintaining soil pH around six point three to six point five. Um, I suppose the one thing about dry stock farms, especially in the grazing side, Kieran, is that there's a, a low requirement for both. P and K, but the opposite is very much true on the silage side of the house, that we must be aiming for optimum indexes, number one, in terms of index three for P and K, and then there is a bigger requirement for P and K uh, anywhere that you're cutting either hay or grass silage. Just when you mentioned that, Mark, like we've had strong grass growth rates in recent weeks, a lot will have took the option of you know, taking out that surplus grass, maybe it's compensating for a lower yield of silage earlier in the year. The need to replenish the P's and K's in them offtakes. It's probably underestimated how much PNK we remove with surplus silage. Yeah, if you, if you take uh, your first cut grass silage, Kieran, we're taking out somewhere in the region of, say, for, you know, we're talking, say, maybe eight tonnes of fresh grass coming out per acre. We're talking 16 units per acre of phosphorus and approximately 100 units per acre of potassium. And then anywhere that you're taking out, say, strong paddocks, again, you're taking off you know, significant amounts of, of P and K um, in, in those cuts, in those bales of silage. So again, very, very important to replenish or replace that P and K to maintain fertility on those parts of the farm. Probably a bit easier if there's availability and slurry on these farms, Mark, but for those that wouldn't have slurry, you're looking at going back in with a chemical compound to replenish that P and K offtake. Yeah, very much. Well, like where, where slurry is available on the farm, it, it makes life very, very easy, easy because, you know, two, two and a half thousand gallons of good quality cattle slurry will replace the majority of, of, of P's and K's coming out in that first cut of, of grass silage. Um, I, I suppose where there isn't um, cattle slurry available, then you're looking to, you know, a fertilizer compound, something like a, a 13620, which would be, you know, quite available out there, or maybe something like a 15320. Um, depending on your your p your p limits or your your p allowances on the farm, probably not familiar to some, but they definitely are more available than they were in previous years. Like for those mark considering a second cut, maybe to bulk up supplies, you know, first cut probably closed up a bit later this year. Some have regrazed it. Yield might have been in it. For second cut silage, what's your target recommendation? Obviously, yields are going to be less. So, how much NP and K should we be considering? 
if, if we take that we're growing, say, three tons of dry matter, grass dry matter, or say six tons of fresh grass, Kieran, your NPK requirement there is 60 units of nitrogen, 10 units of phosphorus, 60 units of potassium. So again, if cattle slurry was available on the farm, you're looking at the program would be uh, 2,000 gallons per acre of cattle slurry plus a bag and a quarter of protected urea plus sulfur. And that's the, that is the 40% sulfur plus 6%, sorry, the 40% nitrogen plus 6% um, sulfur. For cattle slurry, is that available on farms? Again, a good fertilizer option there, Kieran, again, is a compound, something like a 15,320 plus sulfur and top it up then with 0.4 to, to half a bag of protected urea plus sulfur. Mark, like you mentioned sulfur there, it, it's probably one of the overlooked compounds going out. And even in my question earlier, the AI overlooked it. Like that has an impact on yield. A lot of the compounds now are coming with that included <clears> in it. Yes, I suppose sulfur is one one nutrient that um, you know there is less coming from from the atmosphere or or, or from 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 the rain that we get um, during the year. So again, it it is very very important to apply the recommended rate of sulfur. It's it's very very important in terms of nitrogen efficiency. So again, it makes the nitrogen work for us a lot more efficiently. And it tends to be on, I suppose, the lighter soils tend to be most responsive. Like there is a lot of work going on in Johnstown Castle, as we speak here on, and the type of yield responses that we're seeing uh, on heavy soils, we're seeing somewhere in the region of, of, of about a ton per hectare. So about a 10% yield response to applying sulfur during the growing season. On your loamy soils, uh, we're looking at about a 20% up to a 25% yield response to sulfur. So you grow an extra say if you're growing 10 tons of dry matter, you grow an extra two and a half tons of dry matter by putting in sulfur. Very, very important, as I say, in terms of nitrogen efficiency. And on those light soils and anywhere that you're intensively cutting grass, we're seeing up to a 35% of a yield response. So that's a big, big yield response on those light soils. You know, they're very free draining. They're low in soil organic matter. They have little ability to hold on to nutrients. So that's where we're seeing the big, big responses. So most definitely, if you're picking a fertilizer compound for your second cut silage, very, very important to get one that contains sulfur in the blend or the straight nitrogen, like the protected urea plus sulfur is a very, very good option there. The 40% plus 6% sulfur is a great way of getting sulfur into the mix as well. Look at that kind of response rate, Mark. It certainly can't be overlooked in any of fertilizer programs. Absolutely, like the, the, the thing about sulfur, uh, Kieran, is that we don't need a lot of it. Like on grazing ground, you're talking say 10 to 15 units max per year. And you're generally going out, you know, in the, once you hit peak grass growth, you know, you know, April, May, June, July time, that's where you see the best response to sulfur. And then our advice for uh, second cut silage, you know, for that, that, that six ton of fresh grass per acre, like we, we have a requirement of about 10 units per acre. So that's why I'm suggesting to you something like the, the 15, 320 plus sulfur, it would have, you know, 3% sulfur. And then, you know, you could, you could put in a little bit of protected urea with sulfur as well to get those 10 units in. Very, very important. It's balancing. It's balancing. Look, when you spoke with nature efficiency, there's probably two other key areas that we should touch on. Even though it's the sheep side of the house, like there's a lot of cattle slurry being used. You'll, we see a lot more low emission slurry tankers in the country. It has a big impact, Mark, on nitrogen efficiency. It, probably in these dry conditions, we're looking at two. You know, there's big benefits there in terms of slurry not crusting on top of the ground either with going with that method. But just maybe the recap, like the difference in efficiency going from a low emission to a splash plate. 
Yeah, you're looking at a, at a 50% improvement, Kieran, in nitrogen efficiency or nitrogen recovery. So if you take it, if we were spreading slurry today with a splash plate, where we would recover about three units per thousand gallons. And if we move to a low emission slurry spreader with a band spreader or a trailing shoe, we can double that. We can, we can get six units of nitrogen per thousand gallons. And it's very much down that, you know what I mean, you're, you're placing the slurry in the band, you're placing it under the grass or very, very close to the, the soil surface. And that's how we're reducing the ammonia or increasing the recovery of nitrogen from that slurry. And I suppose the other big benefit is that as well, Karen, is that we're not soiling the grass. So if there is a cover of grass there, we can go in and we are, you know, reducing the surface area. We're not soiling that grass. We're getting the, the story under the grass canopy. And I suppose one of the other big benefits as well there is that we're getting a more precise application or delivery of the NPK across the spread width of the spreader. So there's big, big benefits, um, you know, both in terms of nature recovery and also environmentally in terms of moving to the low emission story. Like we are getting more nitrogen out of our slurry, and that means that we're we're purchasing purchasing or using less chemical nitrogen, and you know that that's a double win there in terms of it's a lower expense on farm, and also environmentally it's a big big a big big win. No, it's, it's clear benefits, and I think that's obvious where we look, Mark. And I see more than people around the country there is a big uptake in that. Look, the other big one is every single year we talk about this, but it has it's the other thing that really has a massive impact on nitrogen efficiency, fertility responsible getting that's lame i suppose conditions in some ways with silage being taken off fields at the moment it's ideal to be considering lame application at the moment like are we seeing any improvement in the amount of lame being used on farms or is it still a challenge for us to get more used yes um i suppose to 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 answer the second the first part of your question there kieran yes we have seen an increase in the use of usage of lime over the last five years we're, we're using approximately 20 percent more lime nationally we're hitting on close on a million tons we were somewhere around seven eight hundred thousand tons uh, you know per year over the last five years but we have increased but we haven't increased by enough we spread we, we probably need to spread another 50 percent we probably need to hit the 1.5 million tons and above to get our phs to where they should be and most definitely for the time that we live in and we in terms of nitrogen efficiency lime is the place to start in terms of the there's tons of nitrogen in our soils organic matter and by getting the ph right we release or we pr provide the conditions for the, the the fungi the bacteria the earthworms to mineralize that nitrogen and we can mineralize somewhere in the region of 70 kilograms of n per hectare per year that's how much nitrogen that we can mineralize. So there's loads of nitrogen there. So by just spreading lime and getting the pH right, we unlock or make that nitrogen more available. And again, that puts us in the position to, to save money and reduce the amount of, of chemical nitrogen that we purchase on our farms. And I suppose the other big benefit then is phosphorus. Like it unlocks or makes phosphorus and potassium more available in our soils. But we are now at a key time, Kieran, in the year it's an opportune, an opportune time to spread lime, especially at the first cut silage where we're not taking a second cut of silage to get out and apply what's recommended based on the, the soil test report. And the same on grazing ground, that we should order a load of lime, say 20 or 25 tonnes, and spread maybe 10 or 15 acres of the farm, depending on how much lime we need. And it's very important that we get our pHs in that sweet spot, that 6.3 to 6.5, 
in terms of nutrient deficiency and especially in terms of nitrogen. Um, we're getting more out of nitrogen on all fronts, whether it's the soil, the bag, farmyard manure, cattle, sorry. It, 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 it makes it more available for the grass plant to take up and utilize. Like Mark, particularly for dry stock farms out there, they tend to be lower overall fertilizer input. It's the obvious one to go with. It's probably the cheapest source of fertilizer we can use on farms. Yeah, yeah. Look, by, by just getting the pH right alone, Kieran, we can grow an, an extra 10, 15% grass. Like we can grow an extra ton, ton and a half of dry matter annually there for a very low input. Like, you know, lime is, it's, it's you know, you're talking somewhere like 20, 25 euros per ton delivered and spread. You know, you know, we generally talk about, you know, um, say a, a ton per hectare. You know, that's what we, we utilize annually. So if you spread, say, five tons per hectare now, which is two tons per acre, that'll do you for five years. And it's a very, very low cost. You know, it's costing about a, a tenner a tenner an acre in terms of I maintenance. Think, like, but the I payback is massive. It's like a lot of these things, Mark. Once farmers start using it, you see the benefits of it straight away. It's just, just starting off in that process again. Look, just, I suppose, maybe finally, like the one other big change in the last couple of years has been the switch over to protected urea, particularly for use during the summer season. Like it's, yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a very efficient form of, of nitrogen. It's, it's, it's urea plus a urea as inhibitor. Uh, it gives the same results as can. It's slightly cheaper. Um, in, from an environmental point of view, it, it, you know, it, it, it's very beneficial from a nitrous oxide point of view because it's protected urea as an ammonium-based fertilizer compared to can. So again, it reduces our, our nitrous oxide emissions. Uh, there is a range of products there on, on the market. Um, there's a, there's a, um, you know, there's, there's, there's also a product there with potash and sulfur. So again, if you had a party or maybe silage ground, for example, that you want to get some potash out or, or build. Uh, that product will be very, very suitable. And, and yes, it's a direct re- replacement for CAN. Um, yeah, and again, it'll work the very, very same as CAN um, under the conditions that we have at present. This is when it actually works best in, in the drier, more challenging conditions. You get the same results as you would with a CAN-based fertilizer. Certainly an option that should be considered most times. Mark, it's great having you on. No problem, Karen. All the best. Okay, we're going to wrap things up at this point. Great getting Mark on and getting his insights on a number of them areas. Look, maintaining soil fertility is one of the key tasks on farm each year. It's what is a key driver behind our grass production and most of our systems that we're developing. I suppose one of the key things Mark highlighted there, then you addressing any pH issues is starting point for any of these programs and it's probably the simplest thing we can do on farms and there's a good opportunity with ground conditions at the moment to address some of them issues and again also replacing our P and K offtakes and appropriately dealing with that during the year is vital. That's it for me for this episode. Again, for any updates from our sheep program, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chaga Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and you can listen in to any of our episodes.